Hello and welcome to another episode. Today we start with the topic, the controversial editing of my 100% GT Online awards video. So my 100% awards video came out. I believe I talked before about some of the issues that the video had getting out and how much extra work I had to put into it to get it to a point where it was uh, of a quality that can go on the channel. While I don't think any of the top comments talked about it, okay, there is some. Just feedback for the editor. You've done a good job with the video. However, it's different to the recent Dark Fab AUGT Online videos in terms of frequency of editing effects. This is great. Honestly, the editing ex is excellent. This content will get a great pickup from your audience. A lot of these are positive comments. There are some negative ones. There was a person in chat also negative. I love how half the comments are praising the editing and the other half are complaining about it. What is this editing? It's as if viewers can't watch a video without a meme sound effect being shown every 12 seconds. The editing pretty shit, not gonna lie. Basically, for those who didn't like the editing in the video, trust me, I personally dialed it back significantly. However, I liked the new take, the new style, the new energy that it brought. So I wanna try it again. Even while I personally had to do a lot on the edit because of uh, various different issues, and while certain parts are just wholly edited by me. With that being said though, the video algorithmically isn't doing very well. So it's got 182 views. It's like at the peak of how my average video does. Like the, my average is this gray in the middle here. And so it's at like the, the peak of average, but it's just not going above it. It's not popping off in the algorithm, doing good things, bringing in a hu huge amount of, of, of viewers. The click-through rate for the thumbnail doesn't seem particularly good. The average watch time though is very high. Like it's way higher than my average video. So the average is down here for videos of this length. And this is like 50% of the people are getting to the end of the video, which is really good. But it's far more that people who are subscribed to me are watching than non-subscribed. Basically, I think it's one of those things where if you don't already know me, you're not going to click the video, which means the thumbnail can't be that good. I thought it was pretty good, but I have that of the concept that is being displayed. Again, only relevant or interesting to people who already know me. Considering I expected this to be a long series, I fully had the expectation that the views would eventually go lower, right? Because that's how longer series work. But when the first episode isn't doing well, it's suggestive that the series won't do well either. Especially considering that later episodes are not necessarily better than the first one. So I'm very scared for the future of that series. I didn't do much in the first episode. Yeah, but it's, people didn't click away from the video. Like, it moved along very quickly. As shown in the analytics, people weren't clicking away, it's just the people weren't clicking on the video at all. So the concept mustn't be as interesting, which is weird considering that the 100% achievements videos did well. It's just a very confusing result for that video. And I thought the video was very good. Yeah, hopefully it picks up a bit. Twitch is beginning to gate off mature content. Now this certainly caused a stir. I'm surprised it took Twitch so long to do this. We're rolling out new content classification labels to clarify when streamers should label their streams and to give viewers more info about the content they see. So when you go into a stream, it'll say, just one second, Cool Cat's content is intended for certain audiences. It may contain drugs, intoxication, or excessive tobacco use, gambling. This content may not be appropriate for you to watch, and you click start watching or go home. I believe you only need to do it once, and then like, you flag that you're okay with this stuff on this channel, but. So give your viewers more clarity about mature content. That's what they're selling this as. But in reality, it's obviously for advertising purposes and to potentially adhere to various different guidelines or regulations in, in various different countries in which Twitch operates. But remember, I, a long time I talked about this, how Twitch has had this problem 
where if you want to get advertising on Twitch, you have to just give it to every single stream. You couldn't clarify, I don't want to be on this content, or you couldn't say, I only want to be on this sort of content. It was the whole platform. You had to buy ads for everything, right? And that obviously wouldn't be appealing for a lot of different advertisers who may be more brand sensitive. They want to be associated with that Grand Theft Auto 5 or people who like just want to target people who like Minecraft or just want to target 20 year olds or something. Those sorts of nuanced targeting didn't exist on Twitch. And apparently they have been working to improve things. I don't know how much they've improved them though. I don't have any insider knowledge, but this is obviously a step further in that direction. It has nothing to do with viewers getting more clarity about mature content. Apparently it'll automatically come up with a warning if the game is a mature rated game. It's just automatically set based on the game that you play. Yeah, see, so Call of Duty would just say mature rated game. So obviously, in no way does it benefit any creator to turn on these labels. For a long time, Twitch has had a on-off function for mature content, right? Where you could say, hey, this content may be mature, and you click a button. This is just an expansion of that to have more nuanced sort of things and to make it automatic for certain games. The reason why some people turned it on is because I guess they want to be honest, but the reason why a lot of people don't is because it is a barrier to entry for your content. As I've talked about before, any barrier to entry, in this case, just needing to click a box, is sufficient to dissuade a certain portion of people from engaging with that thing. In the same way that, you know, you go somewhere and an ad shows for 15 seconds and you're just like, I, I don't, actually, I don't care about this. I don't want to watch this fucking ad. I'm going to go do something else. And you just, you click out of that tab, right? It doesn't matter how small the barrier, it'll have some impact in causing people to not do the thing. So it's an interesting question as to whether people are going to be sanctioned on the platform if they don't do this, if they don't self-label themselves based on their content. And like, your content will constantly change. Like, do you have to keep changing it based on what you're doing over stream? And are you gonna get banned or, or suspended if you, you're not keeping up to date with it? Are there people gonna check your content and go, oh, you're smoking in this stream, oh, I knew it. Do they have the manpower to make sure everyone's streams are being classified correctly? I don't know. This is also interesting. Staff confirmed today in chat that if you raid a channel that has these labels and your viewers are lurkers, AFK, unable to click the accept button, they will not count as viewers. Essentially, this will kill those lurker raids. I wonder how it will affect embedded viewers. So when you raid someone, you send all your viewers to that channel automatically, uh, as long as they stick around or whatever. And so one advantage that would have is you would send like everyone who's AFK on your stream to that person. And that would give them some more viewers and that would bump them up in the directories and or make their stream look more interesting because it's got more viewers, right? And so having this turned on will prevent you getting that benefit. Like obviously it doesn't matter to me, I don't get rated all that much anyway, but obviously this will have some negative impact. Again, the benefits to turning this on for a streamer seem to be non-existent. It only has downsides. And here are the more specific listings that you have. Mature rated games, sexual themes, drugs, intoxication, or excessive tobacco use, violent and graphic depictions, Significant profanity or vulgarity, gambling. So do I count as significant profanity or vulgarity? I do swear quite a bit. What does significant mean in that context? English Ben here is showing what this looks like. If you're streaming a mature game, there will be a permanent message on your stream detailing so as long as your mouse is on the video. 
no way to get rid of it. So intended for certain audiences may contain mature rated game. So it even makes the stream look worse. I suppose though, again, you have to be massing over it, but still it's uh, obviously not a feature people are asking for. It's a feature that Twitch wants to add so that they can target ads better. And again, potentially abide by various regulations in regards to managing content. So do I see this as a good change? No. I hope I don't end up getting banned or something because I say the F word a handful too many times without the correct labeling. My stream currently has that tag in the corner. I guess it would because I'm in the GTA 5 section. Let's take a look. There it is. This is my stream. I don't know, guys. That Dark Viper EU guy might be all I don't know. Just one second. Dark Viper EU's content is intended for certain audiences. It may contain mature rated game. This content may not be appropriate for you to watch. It's up here. Again, once you've done it once, it's done. But I never set myself to being a mature channel. I did not like the barrier to entry and it's now being forced upon me. Not happy. Do I think this is overall good for the platform? I have said before that Twitch being profitable is probably in its best interests. If this is the kind of thing that is required for them to get more advertisers on the platform, better ads on the platform to increase CPM and stuff, for the platform as a whole, it's probably a good move. But that's only on the assumption that this actually enables better ad targeting and attracts my advertisers. If that is the case, sure, fine, this makes sense. Not happy about it, but still. Is it better for streamers as a whole? When you're talking about advertising, the advertiser has to be okay with the worst type of content that their ads are gonna be put on. So it could be the case that like 5% of streams are just really, really bad and not good for advertisers. And that's causing like countless advertisers to not wanna be on the platform and give advertising money to that 95%. It would be kind of garbage if the 95% were held back from getting that money because of that 5%. It'd be like you at your job, your boss going up to you and being like, look, Frank over there, he doesn't work very hard. Like he, do, he does half the work. It's sloppy, it's low quality. So we can't give you a promotion. We can't give you a raise. We're not gonna give you as much money because Frank's not doing well. You'd be, you'd be rightly pissed, right? Again, all hypothetical, but this could be the case and has long been speculated to be the case. So this could lead to more money for content creators as a whole. And that's what you'd hope. The ideal scenario is that Twitch ends up with a similar system to YouTube in terms of targeting ads and degree of ads where, where companies can just automatically sign up for ads and there doesn't need to necessarily be a human person there. Like buying ad space on YouTube is super easy and in, well, I wouldn't say intuitive, but it's, I mean, it's, you, you don't need to be calling someone up on the phone being like, yeah, I'll take a thousand ads for $3 or whatever. It's all automated. So yeah, this could be good for the platform as a whole. For me personally, probably not good, but not that impactful. Let's be real. Doesn't matter all that much. So in a previous ramble, I talked about how Twitch was releasing new like content warnings that you have to click and say, I want to watch this. This person on Twitter was explaining their experience with them. Neat, I switched games and this immediately popped up and chopped my viewership in one third. It's not a pop-up, it's a straight up disconnect. Amazing forethought once again from Twitch. And so it's a thing that says, just one second, Venless's content is intended for certain audiences. It may contain significant profanity or vulgarity, mature rated game, drugs, intoxication, or excessive tobacco use, violent and graphic depictions. This may not be appropriate for you to watch. One thing I'm confused about is, did he turn all of these on? Yeah, so I don't know why he had all these turned on. This person responds, Hi, this is working as intended, and this will only be an impact during the initial release where very few people have accepted the disclosure. Acceptance is one time per label type, and this won't occur during every category change. And that's good to know. So it isn't like for every single stream you have to press the button. It's more that once 
you press it and say, hey, I'm fine with mature beta games, then it's done, right? More importantly than this, this person's somewhat overstating the impact that this warning had. So you can see here he had 377 viewers and then it dipped down in the next 10 minutes to 300. So he lost like 70 something viewers. But then like 20 minutes later, he was back up to 380 viewers. So like it was a tiny dip temporarily. His audience didn't cut in half or something. So I talked before about how this barrier to entry could impact viewership. So it will obviously, but it is such a weak barrier that it seems to be like its impact is going to be very small, which is good. Although, of course, it's always possible that Twitch will ban me because they're like, Oh, Mr. Dark Viper, so you swear too much and you haven't put the fingers you're swearing too much. Ah, that person reacted like a soccer player. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Barely got tapped. He's like, oh, I'm going down. I'm dying. Twitch is killing me. My livelihood. Ah! There's a new awesome quiz for true gamers. So I got sent this quiz by RYG. Guess the game. Seems like it might be up your alley. This couldn't be further from the truth. I'll give it a go right now, and I'm probably gonna fail. So, I mean, this to me looks like Mario Kart 64. Wrong. This looks like, probably like one of those surfing Nintendo games or whatever, where you have like a sea shark or whatever. I have no idea what it is though. This looks like a racing game from N64. You're meant to know the names. I don't know the names. No. <laughs> this one looks vaguely familiar. Uh, I'm gonna say Mario Kart again, it's not though. Again, this looks like one of those surfing things where you've got like a sea shark or whatever on, on N64. I don't know what it is. Oh, wait a second. This is all the same game? This was all the same game? Wave Race 64, I told you. It looked vaguely familiar, but I've never played this game. It's only one a day? Oh, it's like Wordle, which I also never played. And so it lets you go back to previous days. What they say it's a day 24. Is this Dark Souls? And so you get multiple guesses. Is it that game with, um, what's the name, 2B or something? What's that game called, chat? Near Antonima, that's it. I got it! Yeah, okay. So if you want to play that game, guess the dot game. Feel free. But the reason why I suck at it is because I spent like eight years of my life basically only playing World of Warcraft, and then I spent the last updated years 95% of the time just playing GTA V. <laughs> I don't think my gaming knowledge is like ridiculously bad, but that might be because of all the YouTube videos I've watched about video games and talking about gaming history and all that stuff. And so I recognize a lot of the art styles and stuff, but uh, I would not be the best at these kind of games. YouTube didn't like my short so much that they shadow banned it. So some of you may have seen that I made a short out of the information that you can have sex with prostitutes in GTA 5 and build your stamina, pointing out how many prostitutes you need to sleep with three times to get max stamina all the characters. The short was doing very well until suddenly it wasn't. So like it was getting a constant like 25,000 views every hour, everything was going great. And then bam, this is just the casual trend that goes down because like as it gets towards the certain time periods, most people are asleep and stuff. But this cutoff to nothing executed. Like the shorts algorithm is still somewhat weird, right? But not this weird. And you can see here, as a person who has uploaded endless different shorts, I've only ever had this happen like twice, I think. And I can't help but think that there must be to some degree some human management of shorts. People who are skimmed through and if they see something that uh, the algorithms perhaps haven't picked up that they believe shouldn't be like hot on the system, they'll suppress it, right? This becomes believable to me because of the... Uh, explicit nature of the content that I was showing. 
It doesn't violate terms of service because there's no sex or anything being shown there at all. But it obviously has the suggestion of that. And so maybe someone was like, no, I can't know for certain. But that is disappointing because that was a pretty banging shot. And it's a pain to make more. My dream for a slushy making machine. So I was asked about this. Well, I don't normally just like to show TikToks. You'll understand why I show it in a second. Have you seen this machine before? Apparently it's quite rare these days in Australia. So far, I've only seen it once. Have you seen this machine before? Apparently it's quite rare these days in Australia. I've only seen it once. It's the Arctic Coca-Cola machine. It turns drinks into slushy almost instantly like this. I did it with Sprite and Coca-Cola, but apparently it does it to power rates too. I've only been able to find this at Caltex petrol station, specifically the one on Illawarra Road in Maryville. I have never seen this before in my life. I want this. You guys have likely had that experience. I, I used to do it intentionally when I was a kid. You'd buy yourself like a liter Pepsi and you'd put it in your freezer for just the right amount of time so that when you went to drink it, it'd be like half frozen and as a slushy. And it was always so much better. You get that right amount of ice and the ice didn't water down the drink because it was a part of the drink anyway. This thing, if I knew where it was, I would use it all the fucking time. I'd buy one. It says the place the thing, yeah, but I'm not going to drive out here just to go, hey, look, guys, I found the thing from TikTok. Oh, my God. You have slushies at McDonald's, too? You can buy slushies, but a normal drink that's been turned into a slushy is different from an actual slushy. What I'm saying is I hope this becomes more of a thing. And if you know of what this machine is called, Tell me now or leave it in the comments on Rambles and I'll hopefully see it. But like, how is it doing it? Like, does it need a particular size bottle and stuff? Slushy makers, like the actual slushy machines, cost a ridiculous amount of money and require so much goddamn maintenance and cleaning and stuff that they're just not worth having. I've looked into it. Fuck it. If you look at one of those slushy machines, how you've got the thing constantly spinning, moving around the slush, that has to be done. This looks like a fairly simple thing. They're just using like, I know, concentrated cold on the bottom of the thing. This classic Australian candy is being discontinued. I assume you guys don't have this candy in your country. Nestle has announced that the iconic Allen's Lollies fantails are set to be discontinued with the company ceasing production of the popular lollies from next month. I've been eating these all my life. I can't remember the last time I had one, but the second that they said they were being discontinued, I was like, oh my God, I have to buy one of these chocolates now. And I, I went on eBay and stuff and my account wasn't logged in. I'm like, oh, I can't be logging in. Why the fuck am I buying these chocolates? Like I haven't had one in years. Just cause they're going away doesn't matter. There are tons of different chocolates out there that are all excellent. Why do I care about this particular one? It was chocolate with like some caramel stuff in it. Like who cares? But like that feeling of missing out or no longer be able to have something was so strong that it, for a moment, overwhelmed my normal senses, right? The feeling of, oh my God, I need this now because I won't be able to have it in the future was just so overwhelming. Luckily, I pulled myself up because these candies aren't that great, right? Yeah, I had them when I was a kid because they were there and they tasted nice, but I mean, like, I, I, I don't want that much chocolate in my life. I much more prefer, like, sherbet and stuff. It's similar to this. Every day you must wake up with the knowledge that you can no longer purchase the Fagio in GT Online. This was a picture that was posted on Reddit by Dominico Sargents. He just happened to wear my outfit for it, so everyone commented on that. But like, I had no interest in buying a Fagio before, and I probably never would have bought a Fagio. But now that Rockstar's taken them out of the game, oh boy, do I want to buy a Fagio in GT Online. Why are we like this? It's silly. And yeah, you can still find them, but yeah, can't have now once. Samsung's calendar app is terrible and broken. 
So I've once more made a mistake that I've made many times, but I've never made it to this degree. In my phone, I have a Samsung phone uh, and it has a calendar app in it. And it has this thing where if you select a day, it'll be like selected. So like it'll have like a rectangle around it and that won't necessarily be today. But whenever you open the calendar, that's what it'll show you. The last day that you selected. So I woke up this morning, very tired. I'm like, look at my phone. Oh shit, it's selected the 23rd. Oh, so I, I've got my appointment today at 2.10. Shit, well, I better get prepared for it. So got prepared for it, went out there, got there. And then I'm um, talking to the woman. She's like, I don't have you on a file here for today. And I open my phone, look at my calendar. I'm like, ah, oh, fucking Samsung's done that to me again. While it selects the day I selected last time, it actually has a different symbol to say which day it is. So this is basically the Samsung calendar and it will indicate the day that it is by having like a fill over the number like this and it will indicate the day that you've selected with a box like this. So when you open the phone, if you're not paying attention, you're in a rush or whatever, you oh, this this is the box that, that it, it must be the second today because look, it's selected. Why would my calendar open selected to a day that it's not? That wouldn't make any sense. And so you just start doing the stuff here and you go, oh shit, actually this small little barely distinguishable outline of the number is actually what indicates the day and that it isn't focusing on the day doesn't mean that that isn't what today is. I just find that to be poor design. I don't know why every time you open the calendar, it doesn't just focus on the day. Like, I'm sure that if I'm making this mistake occasionally, there must be like millions of people who make this mistake and they never changed it. I assume maybe it'd be annoying for people if every time you opened the calendar, it would remove the day that you selected previously. But I don't know, it just seems worse to me. While I've been done by this before, accidentally thinking it was a day that it's not, I've never actually gone out to an appointment before because of this mistake. Somewhat embarrassing, but of course, none of the people care. No point worrying about it, I'll just go tomorrow. Frustrating though. Have any of you had this mistake before? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, often, no. See, some people just use Google Calendar. I might start using that then, if I remember. Answering your most interesting questions. What do you think about upcoming YouTubers and the best way to gain fame in the YouTube game nowadays? There are so many rambles giving some tips about YouTube. At some point I was just gonna make some compilations of my rambles, but I never got really around to it. Fame is a different thing from like modest amounts of success. Fame requires you to do something unique, original that no one else has done before, or to be someone unique, original that no one else is. Find that gap in the market that no one else has identified and then throw yourself at it. Like with the rise of challenge runs, for example, it led to a lot of different channels that uh, specialize in doing challenge runs for particular games. So for example, Juve. He does the same sort of challenge run stuff I do, or Doug Doug does. He does it in, in mainly Skyrim. And I guess he came from Fallout 4. Like this is a fairly new channel, right? That's kind of what you need to do. Like find something that no one else is doing that maybe even people don't even realize they'd want to see and throw yourself at it. And it's a hard thing to do because there of course are millions of people also trying to find those holes. Drew has been around for, yeah, it wasn't a completely new channel. It's just what came to mind when I thought of um how there's so many different people in the challenge run space, but they're largely dispersed between different games. Do I plan on doing tutorials, guides for glitches, speedruns, etc.? For GTA 6, maybe, but in GTA 5, I'm so out of being competitive speedrunning right now, it, it's not my place. There have been tutorials made by other runners, and you can find them on the GTA 5 Discord in the uh, resources section, I believe. Did they continue their series? Uh, I'm not sure. But making a tutorial is a very time-consuming thing that is very hard to make it appealing to a wide audience. 
Like if you want a good tutorial for a speedrunner, there's only like at best maybe a couple of hundred speedrunners at any given time, right? In the same way that there are a lot of channels on YouTube that make tutorials about everything under the sun, none of them are making a really good living because people come for that one specific tutorial and then they bugger off. My facts and glitches series could be seen as a tutorial for glitches. Like I will tell you how to do the glitches. You get in the car without your gun, you shoot the tire and then you flip into the air and that sort of stuff. But other than that, I don't plan to extend into that now. The only new thing that I'll be doing soon in relation to GTA 5 is story questions. I don't know how those videos are going to look, but we're going to see. Like I legit sat down and answered like 150 story, story questions. It may not be a tutorial, but I can teach you where the like and subscribe button are. They're below the video and you should click them. Thank you for watching. I wish you all the best.